Dan Bongino. Aiming to stop free speech so the speaker can no longer speak is exclusively a far-left phenomenon. The Dan Bongino Show. I'm talking to moderates in the Democratic Party who are actually interested in what's going on, not blind lemmings walking off a cliff into an abyss of stupidity. Get ready to hear the truth about America. The rich did it. Yeah, the rich did it. They lent money to people who bought homes, and the people never paid the money back. Oh, wow, that sounds like a great business plan. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Our first episode of Rough Cuts 1. Producer Joe, how are you today? Saturday morning, man. I'm usually not doing this, but I'm doing well. I know. It's been a crazy week, man. I've been up and producing content all week, nonstop. Did uh, uh, Fox and Friends this morning. Did Kill Me last night at 10 p.m. On Fox, I'll be on Judge Janine tonight. So, uh, this first episode of Rough Cuts, quick uh, idea that came to my head. I, there's a lot of things I like to talk about, not related to politics. Yeah. So, I'll throw it in short show on the weekend. But questions I get asked on email all the time, working out stuff, jujitsu stuff. So, I figured I'd give you a little extra content on the weekend. If you like it, let me know. If you don't, that's fine. We're certainly not going to get away from my political show during the week either. But uh, let's get right into it. Don't want to waste any of your time. So, one of the questions I get all the time on email, totally unrelated to politics, mm-hmm. is people watch on Facebook Live, and they'll see me, and they'll say, well, you know, what are you doing to work out? You know, you're 42. Um, for those of you who never met me, I'm about 6'1", 225, 230 pounds. I run between like 10 and 12% body fat. It's pretty, you know, pretty normal for a guy my age. But uh, one of the workouts I do, and I highly recommend, I get this all the time, and let me just be clear before I start, folks, I'm not your, I'm obviously not your doctor. You have to go seek your own medical advice. Everybody has different medical issues and problems. Mm. Before you start any of this, obviously go check out with a qualified medical professional if you can do any of this stuff. Um, I, you know, that's, I should put that out there in advance. I get checkups all the time because I'm a total mess for other reasons. But one of the workouts I love and I highly recommend, and like the show during the week, I will put everything out there in the show notes. You can link these articles yourself. Um, I don't expect you to take anything I say at face value. That's not, you know, listen, I I challenge authority all the time, and you should as well. Mm -hmm. But you're going to laugh, Joe. The name of the training program I use is... It's not a joke, by the way. It's called Dog Crap Training. <laughs> That's the actual name with two Gs. Now, there's some theories as to why the guy, I think his name is Dante Trudell, uh, started this, called it that. And uh, you can read the article yourself about the history of it. But I found this on a website called T Nation. It's a pretty hardcore site for athletes and heavy lifters and stuff, but it's a great website. I use it all the time. They do. A, there's a lot of homework on there, a lot of great research articles. And I noticed that the people use this training method mm-hmm. were blowing up. I mean, these guys, the comments were amazing. One guy, as a matter of fact, the title of the piece is How I Gained 50 Pounds of Muscle in 12 Months, which I read that. I was like, no way. And here's the gist of it. The nice part about it, number one, is it's super short. So the workout is actually in the link I'll give you, but the gist of it is everything is backwards. And I know this isn't going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people out there who lift weights, but when you're a weightlifter, you want to do the old line of thinking was, you know, pretty prevalent today, Joe, was you want to do big muscle groups first. Yeah. Like you want to go in the gym and do like squats before you would do like wrist curls, right? Because that's when you have the most energy yeah. and to squat, put a weight on your back and squat down and up again is, you know, it requires a large energy expenditure and can be very fatiguing. You don't want to do that at the end of the workout. Well, Tradell does everything in reverse. Folks, I can't explain to you the physiology of it. All I can tell you is 
It worked for me. I mean, I put on a, I was about 200 pounds when I started this workout three years ago. I am 225, 230 now. I am telling you this stuff works. I don't know why. He does everything in reverse. Like he does um, in the workout, you actually do dumbbell curls before you do squats at the end. And I don't know what it is. Now, th- that's one part of the program. And he lines out the program in the link I'll give to you. I find it to be amazing. But the second part of the program is it's super short. Here's how it works. You're going to think when you first start it, you're going to you're going to look at it. And you're going to go, this can't possibly be true. I heard you're supposed to do, you know, whatever, eight to 12 sets, eight to 12 reps of bench presses. And that's the way it works. That's not the way this program works. When you do bench pressing and this workout, mm-hmm. you get on the bench, Joe, mm-hmm. you pick a weight you can do about, you know, maybe 10 times or so. Mm-hmm. You knock out eight to 10 reps. You take 10 to 15 seconds. You breathe. That's it. You knock out another two more. You take 10 to 15 seconds. You knock out another two more, and that's it. You're done. Now, that may sound easy, Mm -mm. but trust me when I tell you, go do the workout and get through it, and you'll see the difference right away. The nice part is bang, zoom, you're done, but it is really hard because by the time you get to that third set, you've only taken 10 or 15 seconds, especially when you're doing some of the bigger exercises. You know, uh, like squatting and things like that. Like I, uh, one of the things he has in the in the program, he he has an abbreviated WM, and it's really easy to read in the link. You can look at the program yourself. You know what a WM Joe is? No. It's a widowmaker. Mm. You ever heard of a widowmaker? In, in various forms, yes. <laughs> in various forms in weightlifting, he has this uh, Dante, Dante uses in the workout and the quote dog crap training, which is really a funny name. But mm-hmm. again, read the article, you'll see why. A Widowmaker is a set of squats, and he has this built in of a couple different training days. You end the program with it, where you go in and you pick a weight you can squat for about 10 pounds, about 10 reps, and you do it 20 times. Now, you may be saying, well, what the hell? You just said you can only do it 10. Yeah, but in a squat where the weight is resting on your back, the way this works and why it's called a Widowmaker, folks, this is savage. I'm telling you right now, I attribute most of my strength gains through this program, maybe through this exercise alone, which you do it like it's it's embedded in three or four of the workouts he puts in there. Mm. It's really, really really sucky. I don't know any other way to tell this to you. I have to search your squat, meaning I have to put it in the crook of my elbow. It's almost like a modified front squat, but just for those of you who can squat normally, put the bar on your back. When you're at that 10th rep, you're done. Now you have to take like, like 10 breaths, you do rep 11, then rep 12. By the time you get to rep 20, I, I, there have been times, and this is why I'm saying you really have to check with a doctor first, because these are really, this is a really hard workout. This is not introductory level stuff, but, and I'll get to some of that in a second too, but I'm telling you when you're done with that 20th rep and you rack that weight, mm-hmm. there have been times, like I legit, Joe, had to sit down on the floor and people are looking at you like, are you okay? Because you are like, <gasps> Like, you're not just breathing mm-hmm. heavy. Your muscles are completely fatigued. The lactic acid is just searing your, your your thighs. And you're just, you can't, I mean, you can barely move. But the workout's terrific. I'll put the link in there. It's written by a guy named Nate Green. It's called How to Build 50 Pounds of Muscle in 12 Months. The workouts are very simply lined out. If you have any questions, um, you can you can always go to the website and they have, they have these Q&As. But they're really, it's a really, I got really a, good I got workout. a question for you right now. Yeah. What's, a, what's a considered like a normal rest time between reps uh, I, well you know what i mean that's a good question and that's where i think the trudell's onto something the way 
most people have been taught to work out, especially with weights in the gym, mm-hmm. is you do a set of, say, eight to ten reps of something. Right. You take a minute or so, maybe two minutes. You go back. You do it again. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that that's a terrible way to do it. What Trudell said is, you know what? We can... Here's the genius of his program. Mm-hmm. By cutting the rest period. So the answer to your question is about one to two okay, minutes, right? Okay. But what Trudell did, which was genius, is you get by using only 10 to 15 second rounds. What I do is I count out 10 breaths and I go right back to the bench. So I go one, two, and then you go right back down again. Mm. The genius of it is the first set you do, which is just a normal set, Joe. You know, you're doing eight to 10 reps. You have the bench press. You re-rack mm-hmm. it. That's where you get the benefits of extended work. Meaning you're not just doing a single. You're doing eight, you're, you're lifting it eight to ten times, and you're getting those metabolites are accumulating in the muscle. You're getting the muscle damage you need mm-hmm. um, to to rebuild stronger. But on those next few steps, you're getting also that accumulation, but you're also getting some nervous system fatigue too uh-huh. at the same time. It's just a genius way to design a program mm-hmm. and. Like I'm telling you, folks, there are other great programs out there. I, I, I'm just telling you it's worked for me. And the comments on it, if you go to the website, they have these Q&A, like question boards and stuff up there, comment boards. You'll see other people have gotten amazing results out of it. So again, it's called dog crap training with two G's. <laughs> I get questions about it in the gym all the time. A lot of the young kids come up to me and you know they know me from the gym and they see me on Fox and they're like, hey, Dan, what are you doing? Like, I've noticed you put on a lot of weight and I tell them dog crap training. They think I'm kidding. They laugh. I'm like, no, I'm not joking. That's the actual program. <laughs> all right. Another article I'm going to put in there in the show notes today is uh, just dispelling some myths. If you are getting into training for the first time, uh, I, dog crap training is probably not the way to go. I'm going to get to some other stuff here quickly, quickly in a second, but I just want to debunk one of these myths that's out there that you have to stretch before you work out. Folks, every time I hear this, I want to throw up. There's an article. Uh, it's Again, it's from T Nation. It's all sourced. You can look at the sources yourself, the research data. It's more than credible research data. You should not stretch before you work out. You should warm up. Now, what I do for warming up and what's recommended in the piece I'm going to attach is about five to 10 minutes of cardio. You don't have to go crazy. I'm not talking about sprinting, but get your heart rate up and definitely break a sweat. Mm. You want to make sure sweat beads are are on your melon at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Break a sweat and do some pre movement stuff. You know, arm circles, some some get your joints moving, loosen up that fluid in your joints, and make sure you're moving a little bit beforehand. But stretching beforehand does nothing but decrease the quality of your workout. Read the piece. I know you've heard this for years, but NFL players do right. it, folks. NFL players do a lot of things. They take a knee as well. Yeah. <laughs> These things. That's not right either. I'm just telling you, read the research. I've been, every time I see someone, I, I don't, you know, I try not to talk too much in the gym, mm-hmm. but every time I see someone before a workout stretching, I want to grab them and go, who told you to do that? Yeah. Every, you know, that doesn't work. Everybody's right? told me to do that. Everybody. And of course. Yeah. It's such common knowledge that when you tell people it's actually counterproductive, they, they look at you like you have 10 heads. Now there is a good time to stretch. Mm-hmm. The best time to stretch is after the workout. That's a very, you do want to. You really, the truth be told, you're not going to elongate your muscle bellies that much by stretching. But here's the but. If you sit a lot during the day like I do, mm-hmm. I have to. I mean, content production, I'm behind a desk right now talking to Joe. This is what we do. What happens, Joe, is you're probably not by stretching going to make your muscles any longer than they were genetically designed to be. Mm-hmm. But by sitting all day, you damn well make them, well make them shorter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I understand. They start to tighten up. So stretching, guys, I'm a big believer in stretching. My wife does yoga. And what I do is I go, I wait till after the workout where the muscles are, are you know, fully loosened up, fully warm, and practically fatigued at that point. And if you have the ability to do this, um, you go to a gym and they have a sauna. It is the best tool in the world. Go stretch in the sauna. You will. It is amazing. You'll get. You'll feel like a million dollars. I get, give it about ten minutes, so I turn the sauna up to a buck fifty. And I'm telling you, I've had I, done wonders for back pain, joint pain, everything. All right, moving on. I said I would uh, get this stuff uh, quick. So again, that article will be in there. Get through this uh, content fast. In on the pain topic, uh, intentional segue there. I do get a lot of emails about my stem cell procedure, and I don't like to talk about it too much on the show during the week because it's a political show. And again, I know, you know, although I feel like I know you all personally, I don't want to waste. I, I get a lot of questions about your stem cells. Uh, everybody <laughs> does because here's the deal, Joe, and you, you and I are both getting older. I mean, we're not ancient, but we're, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. past the midpoint in some cases, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, things start to rot. I mean, like anything else, the human body overuse injuries. And I said to my wife, because she just started CrossFit recently, you know, I said to her, here's my opinion on on really intense working out over the years. You're making a trade. You're trading a decreased possibility of a heart attack for an increased possibility of an orthopedic injury. It's a trade I'm willing to make. And what I mean by that is working out, there's no question. I love and adore working out, intense working out. Um, I think outside of a genetic predisposition, you're probably significantly decreasing the chance of high blood pressure, a chance of a stroke. Yeah, I mean, you're not decreasing it to nothing, obviously, mm -hmm. but the chance of a heart attack, your heart's going to be stronger, your muscles are going to be going to be fit, it's going to be easier to move around and basically easier to live. Carrying things, walking around, even spending a day at Disney in the heat is going to be easier for you than other people. The problem is, and this isn't a mystery to anyone, by constantly pounding your joints over the years, you wind up in the position I am now, where I'm 42. It's not a sob story, folks. Please, I'm not looking for anybody's sympathy. I'm just telling you this to make a point. My body is damaged almost beyond repair. Now, I took it to the next level. I mean, I played football, uh, you know, in an unregulated kind of even form a league where we used to clip each other and rip each other's heads off <laughs> during the game. Um, I, I grew up boxing. I grew up with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, heavy lifting. I've had 12 orthopedic surgeries. Bottom line is my joints are a complete mess. I have very little cartilage left. I had a stem cell procedure done not long ago. And the procedure goes this way. You go in the doctor's office and they do a liposuction on you. It's not a big one. You know, you know you, they don't take a lot of fat. They take about, I think it was 16 ounces or something, which is better, you know, not a lot. It's not a pound or less of fat. They take it from your back. It's not painful at all. You lie down on your stomach. They take a, a syringe, like a cannula type syringe, and they dig into your back and they take the fat out. They, you know, they anesthetize the area first. So, you know, I, all you feel is the pressure. I didn't feel a darn thing. They take out fat. They then centrifuge that fat to get out your body's own stem cells, your stem cells. This isn't a stem cell argument about embryonic. It's your stem cells. They take the stem cells out of the fat tissue. Now, I'm obviously not a doctor, but from what I've read about the procedure, your fat cells, your own fat happens to be densely populated with these types of stem cells. That's the reason they use it. Again, that's what they told me. They then get the stem cells out. It looks like chicken broth, Joe. It's like this brownish, light brown type fluid. Mm -hmm. 
And in my case, first they put it in an IV, so it got into my bloodstream, the stem cells, because the uh, the doctor told me that they're attracted to areas that are inflamed, so that's why they did an IV. But he also injected it straight into joints. I did my left knee, my what is it, my right arm, my right elbow, and my left shoulder. My left shoulder was completely damaged, confirmed by uh, X-ray. Um, was had almost no cartilage left. Mm-hmm. Now, I. The research, just to be clear on this, I never put out any kind of hyperbolic statements. The research on if stem cells can regrow cartilage is not even close to conclusive. Nobody has an answer on that yet. All I can tell you is what happened to me. I don't get any money from this. They're not. Nobody's a sponsor of the show that does stem cells. I just get tons of questions because I mentioned it on a show once. It was nearly miraculous for me. I'll give you a quick example. My right elbow from jujitsu, from getting armbarred a lot when I was a white belt and good, didn't know how to get out of an armbar. Mm-hmm. An armbar is basically bending your arm in the wrong direction. It's what an arm. Most of you probably seen it in a UFC or something like that. Well, I would rarely tap to these things, and a couple times I had my arm hyperextended badly. My right elbow was atrociously inflamed. The cartilage was damaged, and I had golf ball-sized bone spurs on the end of it, so I could not straighten my right arm anymore. I had the bone spurs removed, but I still couldn't straighten my right arm. I don't know why that was. I got the stem cell injected directly into that right elbow and my right arm within days completely straightened. I'm just telling you what happened. It's, I'm not saying it was magic. I'm just saying it happened. Um, I, I, it's been nearly miraculous. Now the problem I'm having is I had my left shoulder done. And I didn't have my right shoulder done. And now I'm having problems with my right shoulder. Today's actually the first day I'm going to skip the Brazilian jiu-jitsu class in months because I just can't. I told Joe before the show, I'm in so much pain on my right shoulder right now that I just I just can't do it. But I, I personally, you're asking me my opinion. I'm giving you my personal opinion. I can't recommend it strongly enough. I don't know how it works. I don't know if it regrows cartilage. I have found no credible research that it does that to put out there for you now. I can tell you this. Where I was in pain, I am not anymore. And where I didn't have the procedure done, I'm now in pain. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, if, if, you're, if you have severe osteoarthritis right now, all I can tell you is look into it. It may be for you. It may not be. Go get a consultation. But I get a lot of questions on it. What were your results? How did it work? How did it go? It, it was amazing. That's the, that's the answer. Okay, I got a question about no gym workouts. Like, hey, what if I don't have a gym and I'm just getting into workouts and I want to start? Great question. I opened up the show with the dog crab training for people who are a little bit more advanced and are really looking to dial it up. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, that stuff works if you're looking to pack on some serious muscle. But for those of you just starting out who don't have a gym, don't want to go to a gym, or just like to work out from home, my best advice to you is this. Go get yourself a kettlebell. Now, I want to be crystal clear on this. Be very careful. I love, love, love kettlebells. K-E-T-T-L-E. Kettlebell. Not kettleball. Kettlebell. Looks like a cannonball with a handle. Looks exactly like a cannonball. They're even spray painted black like cannonballs, mm-hmm. right? These are amazing devices. Now, there's a number of books out there. I, uh, there's a website. I think it's called dragondoor.com. This guy, Pavel. He has a number of books because I can't do the whole show on exercise. There's very simple exercises. There's swings. There are, there are snatches. They're all easy to see. You can actually go online and just go, go to YouTube. You know, you don't even have to spend the money. Just Google kettlebell swing, kettlebell snatch. My best advice to you is forget all these fancy exercise machines, thousands of dollars and all this other stuff. 
kettlebells transform my life. I do 200 swings with an 82-pound kettlebell. Actually, this week I got up to 220 for the first time. Pretty proud of that. I do 200 swings or more two times a week in what the what we we in the secret service used to do we we had the 10 minutes uh, 10 minute snatch test it was called they would take the 53 pound kettlebell and you would have to snatch it over your head mm-hmm. you just basically rip it from the ground and put it overhead now i can't do that anymore because of my bad shoulder so i can't lift overhead so i take the kettlebell and i do a swing test instead which is basically two hands on the kettlebell it's like a cannonball with a handle you squat down you grab it like it's it's between your two feet and you just pop your hips out and swing it. Now, I strongly suggest you watch a video first because you could hurt your back if you don't do it right. But I suggest you go out, get the get a set of kettlebells, get start with the lighter ones first. And I'm telling you, this snatch test and, and swing test, 10 minutes twice a week, is a great place to start from a home gym. It requires no, there's no excuse. You can't, really, I mean, I, this isn't the kind of show where I where, where I caress people on the back, oh, it'll be okay, I know you don't have time to work out. Trust me, I don't have the time to work out, and I find it every single day. So 20 minutes a week is not much to ask. Go in your garage, get yourself a kettlebell, watch the video, focus on your form. You don't want to hurt your back with this, and uh, focus on kettlebell swings twice a week and do a 10-minute test. This is a great, great exercise. It'll transform your body. I got my neighbor hooked on it, by the way. It's the way to rock and roll. And what you do is take a note of the number you did. So let's say you're using a 53-pound kettlebell, Joe, and you did a 10-minute test. Mm -hmm. You did whatever, 50 swings. Next week, try to do 51, then 55. I started, by the way, when I was doing the 82-pound kettlebell, doing only 180 swings. I'm now up to, like I said, 220. And the most I've ever done is 236, which is a lot. Uh, for me, it's I use the 82 pounder, bec- you know, because I I just like to throw heavy stuff around. But I got that. Uh, you also there if you you know chin up bars are great. Uh, you know if, if I had must have exercises, right? Mm-hmm. If I had to do must say I want, I'm like, listen, I'm not interested in this complicated stuff. I want really simple. Give me four must have exercises. I would say chin ups, bench presses or push ups, squats and deadlifts, or in in this case kettlebell swings. I would say those four. So if you had a home gym with a chin-up bar, right? Mm-hmm. You could do freehand squats or you could do squats using the kettlebell too. You can just hold it like you're like you're like hugging it. Squats, push-ups or bench presses if you have a bench. Chin-ups, you'll need some kind of a chin-up bar, but those are easy to find. Chin-ups are great, by the way. You don't need the great part about them too is you don't need any weight at all. Chin-ups, your arms will explode, so will your back. Chin-ups are great. And then deadlifts, or in the case of uh, home gym, uh, swings. With the, with the kettlebell. It'll transform your life. Four easy exercises. If you're not looking for anything complicated and the dog crab training was a little too much for you. All right. One more. Let me see. One more. Two more. We'll, maybe maybe we'll get to two. I promised Joe we would uh, yeah, keep this yeah, short yeah. for our audience, but whatever you watch. Uh, what, what are you going to do? Gonna do? Right? <laughs> for, for those of you who heard Donnie Brasco yesterday, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? On the supplement front, I get asked a lot what supplements I take. One guy emailed me, he goes, ah, I don't really care about supplements, but a lot, which I understand, but some people do. Just quickly, what I take, I have a pretty heavy lineup of supplements. Um, I like Biotest products. I also obviously like Brickhouse Nutrition. I, they are, they are, be candid, they are a sponsor of our weekly show, but I'm being straight with you folks, I, I use the products anyway, whether they were a sponsor or not. Uh, I use Foundation, which is their creatine product. I like their bio. I like Biotest products as well. They have a nice ZMA product, a zinc magnesium product that I take before I go to bed at night. 
It's really, really good. Helps you sleep through the night. It's nothing complicated. It's zinc, magnesium, and B6. But I take that on an empty stomach before I go to bed at night. You definitely don't want to take it with milk. The calcium cancels it out, the zinc. So I take that at night. During the day, I use resveratrol pretty religiously. Grapeseed extract I take in pill form. Um, I use turmeric, which I really like for inflammation. It's a, it's a spice, but I take it in pill form because it's really, really spicy. Uh, turmeric with piperine, which I think is uh, terrific for inflammation. By the way, the resveratrol is good for guys and for women. Uh, it's one of the chemicals found in red wine. I, I personally, I think it keeps you young and vibrant. Also has a lot to a lot of good anti-estrogen effects for guys. That is so, especially if you're on TRT. If you're out there on testosterone replacement therapy, I think resveratrol should be like a must take for you. Um, what else do I take? What did, I used to take spirulina. I got away from that. Oh, garlic. Uh, okay, I take garlic pills for my for cholesterol because I eat a lot of fat, and I also take kelp for iodine because I had low thyroid at one point. On quickly on the diet front here, uh, I I get a lot of questions about diet, and I can certainly expand on these in later rough cut episodes. I am a strong believer, and again, this is very dependent on you, and this is what I can't emphasize enough, and I mean it. I'm not just giving you some standard like caveat in the beginning. You really need to talk to your doctor first because some people have problems with cholesterol that are genetic, and their diets are going to be completely differently. I don't have that problem. I'm going to be completely different. Excuse me. I don't have that issue. I've always had relatively low cholesterol. Um, I've never had a problem with blood pressure. I am a strong, strong believer in the John, John Berardi massive eating plan. I'll, you know what? I'll throw that in the show notes too. I didn't plan on talking about it, but just quickly, I mentioned this during the show, uh, re- on the regular show one time. Yeah, you could spend the whole show talking about this, I think. It's the greatest plan in the world, I think. It mm. has given me unbelievable results. The gist of it is this. Carbs are not the enemy. Carbs are just the enemy at a certain time of the day and mixed with fat. So if you're going to eat carbohydrates, whatever they in whatever form, oh, I mean, obviously, we're not talking about eating like Reese's Pieces here. We're talking about healthy carbs. If you're going to eat carbohydrates, your fruits, uh, your oatmeals, your your brown and white rices, uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, those types of things, that you need to eat them earlier in the day, around 4 p.m. or earlier, preferably after your workouts, when your insulin sensors uh, sense when your insulin receptors are very sensitive to the effects of those carbohydrates. And the golden rule of his massive eating plan, which again you can read it because he has all the details in there is never mix any significant quantity of carbohydrates with a lot of fat. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to have a potato with like a ribeye steak. Mm. But the the diet is actually very high fat otherwise, and I've gotten incredible results. I've been able to maintain 10, sometimes 8% body fat by, Joe, literally eating the fat on the ribeye. Mm. I eat the whole thing. I don't throw any fat away. I eat a ton of uh, fish oil fatty fish, coconut oil. Um, it's My diet is so laden with, with fat, you'd be like, oh my gosh, how does this guy stay lean? Because it works. When You, you have to eat fat to burn fat. In, my, in, in the piece, he talks about some of that. So you may say, well, when do you eat the fat if you can't eat it with carbs? Like, what do you eat for dinner? Well, that's this is where you got to break a lot of habits. You know, some people want the meat and potatoes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been a staple of Irish and Italian diets, yeah. you know, meatballs and pasta, right? Uh, for years, you got to break that habit, folks. You can have pasta. Just eat it with protein, with a lean protein, like chicken, a lean chicken. Having it with, you know, 70% ground beef meatballs is probably not the best idea. And the, the idea there is that the, the insulin surge from the carbohydrates are going to open the door to your fat cells, your storage fat cells. Mm-hmm. 
in some fashion and are going to let the fat in your bloodstream flow in there. So you don't want insulin elevated while there's heavy fat in your bloodstream. But if you eat the fat without the carbohydrates, you're not going to have the barn door to your fat cells just stays closed. You're going to learn to burn the fat and you're going to use it for good things, you know, but rebuilding your body, anti-inflammatory responses. So the, the long and short of it is you can have the ribeye steak. Again, assuming you don't have cholesterol problems and other extenuating factors, but you just can't have it with like rice and potatoes. So it's a tough habit to break. I broke it 10 years ago. It doesn't bother me at all. So you, well, what do you eat? You eat your steak? No, I have steak and a salad or I have steak and broccoli. My wife makes broccoli with garlic mm. and butter. That is just amazing. It's like candy. Uh, we, we just don't do it. My, my wife, matter of fact, she does it just by instinct now. Like if I'm craving carbs at night mm-hmm. and she's going to make white rice, she will never, ever make steak or an oily fish. She'll make chicken. She'll make lean chicken. It's just, she just does it by instinct now. And both, by the way, my there is no obesity in my family at all, and we eat like mountain gorillas. We You have never seen people eat like my family, even my, my wife and I. My wife is as lean as you could possibly get. She's amazing. At 40, she's going to be, uh, what's 42? Easy now. Easy. Coming, going to be 42. <laughs> I know she's probably going to kill me then again, but she, uh, she looks 21. <laughs> And she's lean. She's got the the outlines of her abs still. My kids are in are in great shape. They're, they're you know my even my five year old. They're super lean because we rarely allow them to mix carbs and fats. All right, so that's the supplement thing. And one last thing I get it's a rough cut show is I get a lot of questions given uh, my experience in the Secret Service and the NYPD about. Uh, Guns. I see you talk about guns a lot. What guns do you have? I have a lot of guns. I'm not going to give you the whole library, but the gun I prefer to carry that I like, uh, I again, this is up to you. You have to determine with your hand size and what's more comfortable for you to shoot. I like the Glock 43. It's a nine millimeter. It carries six in the magazine and one in the tube. So you'll have seven in the, in the firearm when it's fully loaded. It's a very accurate gun. It's a super reliable gun. It's not the only gun out there. There's a lot of good quality stuff out there. I carried a Sig Sauer in the Secret Service, the P229, and I loved it, but it's a big gun. Uh, the 43 is a little smaller. The problem is, obviously, you're going to get a smaller magazine, you know, six plus one rounds. That's not a lot. Um, luckily, thank God, I've never been in a gunfight. I don't plan on anytime soon, but seven rounds isn't that much. Um, but I always carry an extra. So that, that'll give you 13, you know, the seven plus the six extra in the magazine. But I think it's a really good gun. The reason I, I, I like it is especially down here in Florida where we don't have the ability to ever put a winter coat on, thankfully. Um, you know, you have to be able to conceal it. And it, to conceal a Glock 43, it's big enough to be effective and to give you a nice, good shot downrange, accurate shot. But it's small enough to be able to conceal. So I like the 40, uh, 43. I have a 42 as well, which is a smaller 380. But I'm not crazy about the 380 round, even though I use the Liberty ammo, which is a special kind of ammo. But the, I think the 9mm is a really good round. So I get that question a lot. All right, folks. I hope you like it. Give me some feedback on the show if you enjoy it. Maybe I'll do another one. Maybe I'll make it a regular. But it, it's for you. This is not for me. I don't get paid any extra to do this. Matter of fact, uh, the only person getting paid for this is producer Joe, not me. We, uh, you know. So uh, if you like it, let me know. My email is daniel at bongino.com. Talk to you all soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino.